My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck, the part of DailyPunner.com, also Almighty Dollar Radio. And if you're listening to us on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time, welcome to our show. Today, I've got Michele Barra on the line. Michele, how's it going? Well, we missed our first week prediction, so I, I feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> we did. Uh, although I don't really think it's our fault, so... <laughs> no, no, no. I was, <laughs> I was sitting on, like watching. So it's it's not my fault. But yes, we we probably overestimated a bit the the point where this team is at right now. Yeah, they, you know, they played the Knicks, and it was really to me, it was just really hard to tell. Like, is this gonna work? Because the mm-hmm. Knicks just defensively are so bad. Yeah, and shots were just falling that night. And I think that the loss against Utah and Minnesota, part of it's that the sh- like Paul George shot was not falling, and mm-hmm. he he got open looks. He yes, had, he had great looks actually, and they ran him off some nice actions, and he curls off that pick, and he's there wide open, and just clank. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that that that's that's a part of this story that we're we're going to tell about the Thunder so far. Uh, but also things just aren't flowing at all. I don't think we saw like a flow or anything that indicated things are going right until like the last five minutes of that Minnesota game. Yeah, maybe maybe a bit more. I I I, I think that uh, from this week we can we can at least discuss these few things. First, the second unit with Melo um, will be at least for the first say. 10, 20 games, I think, mainly because uh, Melo is by himself, like we, without any other star, for about four or five minutes. Then Paul George goes in, and what I think Billy did um, from Utah's game to to the to the Minnesota game is putting Andrew Robertson always less with that second unit. Even if it makes sense in theory to have another defender out there, the offense is really not working with Andrew as of now. And so putting guys like uh, Felton or uh, Ferguson or Brines or even Eustis made the second unit look very, very different uh, with Melo. And this is a thing that I think will help OKC right now because that unit can score and can play reasonable, reasonably good defense. Um, another thing that we can take from these few games, I think it's uh, it's the following. When Russ is assertive on offense, things works for him or for others. And uh, I think that w- the key for OKC, um, like when they are starting to implement their, st- their sets and the flow, is to understand a simple concept that I think Billy is already discussing with the team, is that creating an advantage is not necessarily does not necessarily mean that you have to take yourself the advantage. So if Russ uh, play a good pick and roll action with Adams, he can create for others. And Russ does it, but uh, I think that Melo uh, is not doing it. George is looking for scoring uh, rather than assisting as much. He did a couple of things, great thing in transition, but uh, in half court, in half court set with the first unit, I didn't saw him uh, distributing as much as I thought. So I think that this thing can create a lot of mismatches but they are using uh, those mismatches just to create not high high quality shots and I think this will be a, a point of discussion in the next week yeah it's it's such a strange flip from last season where you know that Russ or really the starters are off the floor 
that they're just going to have to try to keep their head above water. Mm-hmm. And at least for these first couple games, uh, <laughs> the starters have been the, the group that's given the game away. And mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, I felt like, ah, I, I kind of want them to keep Raymond Felton in the game, or I want them to keep the backup point guard in the game. Uh, Felton mm-hmm. was a plus 23 last night. He was very in control. Yep. He knew exactly what he was going to do. Uh, and that's, I think, that's Russ's problem. And he just doesn't seem like he, he just kind of vacillates between I need to distribute or I need to attack. And there's like no balance in it. And mm-hmm. there's no, like, I mean, he always needs to be attacking, but he's got to have, he's got to put the defense on its heels. And uh, I don't know, he, he just hasn't found a way to do that yet. And it's been, it's just been odd. Like it's just been odd yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's been odd and sometimes brutal because you don't want Melo to take like six to eight seconds with the ball in his hands right. with guys like Russ and, and, and Paul George uh, in the first unit video um, with him. But uh, I think that, as you said, the key here is trying to, to put the defense in a place where he doesn't want to be. Mm-hmm. So if you if you cross the, the half-court line and you give away the ball immediately, if you're Russ, you're not creating anything. You're just... Right like not moving the defense at all uh, you're probably guarded by the best men so you really have to find a way to create uh something before giving up the ball this is what steph does unless the the, the set is totally another one where uh, you you give the ball immediately to the ball george and then he runs something but i think that most of the time when he gives the ball up he gives that to carmelo which takes an isolation and this is really not what this team is supposed to do i think uh, also um, one thing that is clear to me and uh, i know that you are not um, on the same island as i am probably but uh, really playing four on five on offense and having an, a, a heavy ISO guys is not good because they will not uh, see any advantage in passing lane because if, he, if like Teague guards Robertson from like 10 feet away, mm-hmm. you don't have really space to operate. And so you, you revert to your isolation because you, you know that this will work. And so playing four on five on offense has been a huge huge problem. It may work against New York because the defense is so bad that you, you probably make it work anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, if the shots are not falling, I think that this is not sustainable. So either Robertson tries to do different different things, as we said, for probably about two years, uh, or or I think that this will be something that the, the coaching staff will need to address uh, otherwise. So removing him from the starting lineup or doing something else. Yeah, I would be shocked if they did that. Um, yeah, I know. He just needs to be more active. It is so weird. Like I just here's what I just don't get at all is that you have Andre Robertson and he goes and he stands in the corner. And not only is he just standing in the corner, he has his hands on his knees just yeah. standing over there. And he's not ready for anything. <laughs> he's clearly <laughs> just resting on offense. And he's yeah. killing that side of the floor. Meanwhile, you're right. Like, what options do these guys have? I, I honestly would like to see them just run more simple pick and roll. Like, that's what I just. That's another thing that I just don't get. Like, where? Like, where is the Adams, Russell Westbrook pick and roll? They run it like three times a game. Like, I just don't. That's another thing. I'm just like, I, I don't get that either. Why don't they run that more? Um, but it's just it. It doesn't. You're right. It, it, he's been oddly terrible. <laughs> Yeah, the the last few games. I mean, I mean the easy things to point out. He airballed two free throws. I mean, like that was just who so cares? so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's yeah. to me. That's like you're right with the who cares. To me, that's not the biggest concern. Like the like yes, he's going to miss free throws. Big deal. The biggest thing is that he is actively hurting an offensive team that should be great. Like that could yes. and should be great. And and he's got to be a screener. He's got to be a cutter. He needs to hang out along the baseline. Uh, he does not need to be sitting in the corner because he's not helping. He's taken those shots. He's missed all of them. He missed every single shot he took last night from the free throw line, from the field. He was a team high minus or team low minus 21. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's just, 
he has not been helpful. And I asked Billy before the game if he was going to use him more. Um, and Billy gave the weirdest answer. He said that Andre is still working himself back, that he's not the defender that he was at the end of last season. And like Patrick Patterson, he's working his way back. And I did. I I have no clue what that means. I should have asked a follow up, but I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I think that he's right. I mean, so probably uh, you 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 asked the question, and Billy had already like a, a Robertson ready answer. Yeah. Because um, what I think was crucial tonight, uh, last night, was Robertson on defense was bad. Like was yeah. really bad. So I, I I was shocked that Wiggins could abuse him as he did mm-hmm. so uh, i i was really um it was really sad to see him uh that low on the defensive side and and then you see him on offense and you said well this this player is really hurting the team on both sides so uh, it was odd and maybe it is not 100 percent okay from a physical standpoint because he seems to have less lift as probably every player that had knee operations on the Thunder, including Russ, including Patterson, including Alex Sabrinas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was really, really odd to see. And I think I think that this uh, will, at least in the, in the next few games, I, I would hope that Billy will try to sub him early, as he did, and play him just maybe below his regular average and try to to see if this help him helps him to to work himself back because to work his way back because uh, right now he's, he's really not non-playable to me uh, especially with the starters yeah that's yeah, very weird Michele before we move on to I want to talk about Josh Eustace before we move on to that I need to tell you about Andy's frozen custard Andy's frozen custard is in Oklahoma City Tulsa Dallas, Missouri. It is the most delicious frozen custard. It is so good. Right now you can get their special. They take a slice of pumpkin pie and they take it right out of uh, the pie pan, put it in with the frozen custard, mix it all up. It is so good. Uh, I've had one in the past couple weeks. You need to go get one at Andy's Frozen Custard. I'm also super into mint right now. So if you like mint, you can put mint really in, in any of the custards. I like to put uh, Oreo and mint, and it's just absolutely delicious. They make their frozen custard fresh every hour. You can go watch it being made through the window. I encourage you to go check out Andy's Frozen Custard. Please support the people that support us and go eat some Andy's Frozen Custard. Let's talk about Josh Hustis. Well, can I say that you, you made me angry again? Uh, because uh, I, I was, I was just no. Uh, I'm hungry. I mean, I was just this. This is just after my lunch break that we are recording, and now you, you spoke about like uh, this amazing food, and now I'm hungry again. So it's, it's, it's okay. I know you're gonna be here, yeah, in in February, and we're gonna go get some Andes. I'm not joking, man. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. Oh. It's unreal. Okay, uh, so speaking about Josh, I mean, Josh. Oh. It, I think that um, we are still in the small sample size, yeah. uh, but he was able to guard Wiggins, Butler, and and Teague without having that many issues. So uh, he made a foul on Butler, uh, and while blocking, he shot a, a crazy height. Um, so, and then he, he was good on Tig, and probably Wiggins scored on him once. So yeah. I get it, this is just a few actions, but he, he looked like competent. He was sliding uh, with good feet speed. Uh, he was... It was being the, the usual Josh Eustis in terms of helping defense. Um, he even blocked Teague once, uh, leading directly to a fast break. So, what I think that we have seen enough to to give him more time, more regular time, so meaningful time. Um, he didn't took a shot yesterday, and I think that uh, when he, when the team will look for him. It will be so much better because he, right now we just saw the defensive side, which I think is promising. Uh, as soon as we see like the fact that he can actually space the floor and the defense need to close out, I think that 
Josh can really play himself into the rotation regularly because he's he's useful. He's a very useful player at this point. Maybe he will regress. Maybe this is just sample size, but we need to know if that is the truth or not. So I, I, I really think that Billy is trying to is starting to realize that he has at least to to know for sure that this is a player that should play or not. Yeah, and really the only reason he played was because Terrence Ferguson uh, rolled his ankle um, in the layup line before the game. And so <clears throat> I just, part of me is really excited because I think that Josh can play. And you're right, he played well on the perimeter. Another thing that I noticed is that he can really switch onto anybody. And when he got switched mm-hmm. onto a big, it, his size you know, made it to where it wasn't it wasn't a big deal at all. Like he was able to, he can guard in the post and he's maybe even more comfortable guarding bigs, um, than he is guarding a wing or a point guard. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he was impressive and we know that he can shoot. And so given the chance, I think that he, he should play more minutes, but I will remain skeptical. Um, as long as Ferguson, you know, can be healthy, I think Ferguson mm-hmm. will get those minutes. But I, I like what I saw from Josh. Uh, I, I do think that if Robertson continues to struggle, that maybe he should even take some of his minutes. I know, I said in a pod last week that 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 shouldn't be the case at all. Um, but whenever Robertson is killing your offense and not even really helping your defense. Uh, clearly you need to go check out your other options. And I think that Josh is, should at least get a chance. You're right. Small yeah. sample size. We don't know if he can you know, keep this up on the defensive end. We don't know what he's going to look like as an offensive player. Uh, for sure, we don't know. But I, I think that he deserves a chance as long as Robertson is not helpful. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Um, Patrick Patterson played six minutes he hadn't made a shot yet this season uh he doesn't look right yet to me he looks like he's working his way back to game speed not not a huge concern but certainly something to keep an eye on uh ray felton man ray felton it's just so nice to have a competent backup point guard and he was more than that last night he was a team high plus 23 he had 12 points two assists uh, he's a, just a bulldog defender, uh, and he just knows what his job is. And I think that that in itself is tremendous for the Thunder because I'm not sure that there are a whole lot of guys on this team that know what their job is. Yeah, I mean, I think that when it's often is rolling, as yesterday, especially his uh, three-point shot, then he can be really impactful also with the starting unit as... Um as he did yesterday because he, he played like alongside Russ for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with that when everything is not working for him offensively, he still knows how to uh, at least start an offense. Right. And he will he will be guarded. And again, uh, we, we probably repeat ourselves all the time. I do. I do that. I'm, I'm sure. But having a guy that needs to be guarded is very important in the second unit. <laughs> so you cannot leave him by, by himself because he will dribble against you. He will uh, probably put his body on you and he will create something. So you at least you have to pay attention, which is already way more than we had last year. Okay. Uh, regarding Patterson, I, I saw him very heavy. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a word in English, but heavy on his feet. So a little bit of... Uh, uh, probably is um, as you said is not 100% uh, in game shape and so he will likely be better uh, as the as the games goes by so I, I'm not worried I think he, he had good looks so he was positioning himself in a place where good looks can, came to him so that, that is uh, encouraging um, I will try to, to see in one or two weeks how, how he looks like Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Steven Adams and then we can preview uh, the week's games. Uh, Adams, again, was great. He had 17 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two blocks uh, in 35 minutes. Uh, he's spectacular. Uh, he, he, he looks improved from last year. Obviously, the spacing and just playing with better players helps. And I think that he's been helped more than anybody so far 
just by having that space there. But he was a just a tremendous rebounder last night. He had eight offensive rebounds. He, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, and I think that this has been well chronicled to this point. But if you don't know, Towns has really struggled on the defensive end, and that continued last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Adams, you know, seventeen points, thirteen boards. Like he's, that could be one of his. This could be one of his best stat lines of the season, yep. um, and it's because Towns really is not a good interior defender. Um, so, but he he was tremendous, and he and Russ really were maybe the only tandem that had chemistry uh, mm-hmm. in in this game, and that makes sense. They played together for a long time. Um, but it, I, I just thought that he was impressive on both ends. What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think the only critique that you can uh, really uh, make is that his pick and roll coverage wasn't as good, uh, sure. probably because Towns is so great in in, in doing this uh, pick and roll action with Teague yeah. that he can. Well, probably everyone will struggle against that uh, kind of um, offense. But for the rest, I mean, one of the things that I, I loved the most was um, is um, when he he takes the ball in the high post and and then uh, pass the ball to to Paul George who cuts. He did it one time and it was really really a good action. I I really want to, to him to be more assertive on that on that sense. So he, the offense can look better if Steven Adams has the ball more in that uh, high post area because he can survey the floor, he can see uh, George that cuts and even if he doesn't pass the ball to the cutter uh, having him handling the ball in that position helps the um, he, he can he can see what happens in the court and 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 then make a decision and he can do uh, he can make a good decision with the ball in his hand. So I, I'm I'm really impressed about that and and also his uh, rim protection is uh, I think it's better from last season. Um, yeah, his his blocks number are like well, at least for this these first few games are better than last season. But I think he's more is um, now more used to that role. Uh, is one season, one full season without Serge Ibaka, and so I think he will improve in that sense, and this will help a lot because OKC doesn't have like really another um, big man that can help him um, protecting the rim. Yeah, I think he already has uh, he already has five blocks on the season. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's he, I feel like there's been times that he's been the best player on the floor. Uh, yeah, just. Just for the sheer fact, and I said this about Felton, just because he knows what he's supposed to do, and that there's no confusion, there's no should I be doing this, should I be doing that? Like it's he's very decisive. Uh, he did have some of that against Utah, where he wasn't really rolling very hard to the bucket, but at least last night he knew what his job was. I felt like he did it well. Uh, I do want to mention that Russell Westbrook. I really kind of trashed him earlier. He he was tremendous in the last five minutes of that game. Like they yeah. they honestly should have won the game. Uh, that you can look at the replay. Tom Thibodeau screaming for a timeout that they didn't have. Uh, that should have been called. Then you had the illegal screen on uh, Paul George from Towns. That should have been called. Like you can feel pretty frustrated if you're a Thunder fan on both those things because both of those should have kept that Wiggins banker from going in. But anyways, Russ hitting those massive threes, you know, it remind it kind of took you back to last season where he yeah. just willed the team to win and then drawing the defense away from Carmelo Anthony and shuffle passing it to him and Melo getting a wide open look and splashing it. I mean, like that, that was what, and we talked about it on the show. That's what we want from Russ is for him mm-hmm. to draw the defense and then kick to a guy. And it was kind of cool to hear Russ talk about Melo last night that, you know, you're, you can't leave a hall of famer open. And, yeah. you know, Russ was actually, you can look on my Twitter timeline at his interview. He was actually pretty, pretty good um, compared to what Russ usually is. Uh, but he, he was tremendous in the last five minutes. He did have, he was guarding Wiggins, and he had a brain fart on one possession that led to an open layup for Wiggins, <laughs> yeah. um, where he just completely left him. And it was really, it was, yeah, he went under a screen uh, way too too slowly. Oh, so I mean, he was, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was walking. He was yeah, just, yeah, exactly, um, exactly, which was real bad. But 
other than like other than that, like he was tremendous in the last five minutes. I think there will be some carryover with that. I think that they can take some of that momentum um, into the Indiana game on Wednesday, uh, and they can you know practice. They don't practice today; they'll practice tomorrow, and they can kind of look at that last five minutes as to what was working, um, and maybe extrapolate that over the course of a game. But it, you know, Russ was tremendous. He was kind of the Russ that we that we know in the last five minutes. Um, but we we just need to see more of that. Yeah, I, I I will just say that Russ looked as last year MVP, uh, an efficient MVP. So as long as he can do that, I I, I generally it's okay if if Russ wants to take uh, uh, take on more load uh, as the game goes on. Um, a lot of great players uh, did that in, in their career, so it's okay. I, I just want him to be um, at least assertive uh, at the beginning of the game. Uh, you don't have to score necessarily, but you have to to put again. Um, you have to be guarded uh, heavily by the best player uh, in order to succeed. And another thing um, is the, the Thunder closed with a full spacing unit, yeah. and I I, thought, I think that that, that is. Um, that is something that the coaching staff should uh, take a look at. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Abrinas only played 14 minutes last night. I think he'll play a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. especially when there's not like this many wings to guard as there are with Minnesota. Uh, and I think that's why he didn't play a whole lot last night. And you saw more mm-hmm. of Josh Eustis. You even saw a lot of Jeremy Grant. We haven't mentioned Grant, who had a, yeah. who had a fantastic night last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was effective. Yeah, he hit his three. It looked actually pretty smooth. It looked a lot better than it did in the last game. He's just so inconsistent with his form and the way he shoots three yeah, pointers. Yeah. Um, but that's that's just Jeremy Grant. So yeah, it was it was really aggressive in the post. So yeah. that I uh, that I liked. Uh, I liked a lot. Um, yeah. So let's see how it goes against Indy, which is a completely different team from Minnesota. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Indiana. There, obviously, we know a few of these guys. Uh, Victor Oladipo yeah. being one, uh, Demonis Sabonis another, uh, who both have had a pretty good start to their season. Uh, Miles Turner, I don't know if he'll be playing. He's going through concussion protocol right now so i don't know if he'll be cleared to play wednesday night or not uh if he doesn't play that's obviously a a huge deal for this Mm -hmm. for this team as he's their best player uh but what are are your thoughts on on indiana what are the challenges that the thunder will face well i i watched the game against miami uh of saturday i guess and i tried to 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 get a sense of what the, what they were doing uh with domas on the floor they were running a crazy amount of uh simple picking rolls mm-hmm. and i think that okc can can do a reasonably good job against that, against those uh sets because where oklahoma city struggled the most is when the, the ball uh, changed side maybe more than one time mm-hmm. uh, because they have the, uh, I, I'm not sure why, but um, against Minnesota and against Utah, they were collapsing the floor. Okay, see, I mean, too much. Uh, so they were leaving on the weak side shooters wide open. I'm not sure if that is by design or uh, just because the rotation are not as uh, uh, polished as they're supposed to. So if you if you have a team that uh, likes to um, to go on the other side with the ball uh, a lot, then this can create problems. Indiana doesn't do that as much. And so guarding a simple pick and roll um, is, I think, okay, so you can be very effective on that end. And also, I think that Indiana lacks uh, the size that OKC has because they start like um, Collison and, and Oladipo, which are small guards. And, and even their front court rotation is not that uh, tall because um, uh, Thaddeus Young is 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, uh, Stevenson is 6'7. So there's uh, OKC has a huge size advantage against them, which probably um, can help OKC on the defensive end and also um, creating mismatches and problems on the offensive side. Yeah, and they've they've, they've got a... I, I like their point guard rotation, but it's really just like two really good backups playing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and Corey Joseph. Um, yeah, I, there's not a lot to fear with this Indiana team. They're obviously kind of like doing a quasi rebuild here. Um, although they're, I don't know that they're going to be as awful 
as some people project. They've got some solid players. Uh, they also have 38-year-old Damien Wilkins, uh, which is really, really weird uh, yeah. to see. Uh, for him to just like randomly pop back up on an NBA roster, um, maybe it's to mentor younger players. I have no clue. Um, but anyways, I, I you're right. There's the, the size will be a factor for OKC. Uh, rebounding has been a little bit of an issue for the Thunder in spots, mm-hmm. but they they should be able to do well against this particular team. Uh, and I, and I think that it's good for OKC to get these next three teams and be able to play Minnesota again and see if they can, you know, get some better looks against them and, but play Indiana and Chicago and maybe be able to figure some things out against maybe a a worse defense and be able to maybe get, you know, for Paul George in particular to see the ball go in the hole. I think that's going to be big for him. Yeah, and speaking about uh, Sabonis, uh, he is he is playing, I think, a good brand of basketball right now. Yeah. Uh, he is doing like what what he's supposed to do, so he's uh, probably uh, playing more in the post. He's having the ball in his hand more, and he he makes decision with it. So I think that it will be uh, a nice comeback for Domas. Um, if he starts, he will be in trouble because Steven will probably yeah. uh, try to bully him. Um, yeah, another another weak point on the Pacers rotation is Bogdanovich, at least on the defensive side, sure. because he's, he, he he will not be able to guard uh, anyone. So probably they will slide him on um, on Robertson, which makes. Uh, the, uh, like the defensive pairing uh, more interesting because mm-hmm. one of Oladipo or Young will have to guard Paul George. So as you said, it is a good chance for George to be finally uh, effective on the offensive side. Not effective, I mean he, to, to, to just get some bucket because he, he was taking the right shots. They, right. they were, they were, they weren't falling. But um, yeah, so probably uh, in his uh, first game against his, t- his own team, um, he will have like some extra motivation. And this, I hope this will lead to a good offensive performance from from him. Yeah, yeah. Domas, Domas has been impressive so far, and he's doing the things that he was good at at Gonzaga, where he's playing more around the bucket, he's rebounding. That's something we didn't see a ton from him, just because he wasn't in great position to rebound last season. Exactly. Um, he has he already has nine offensive rebounds in three games, which is really nice for for a guy like him and he has 27 total rebounds in three games so he's he's been really solid shooting a good uh field goal percentage uh he has like a 60 almost 64 percent effective field goal percentage mm-hmm. which is great so he's he's been fantastic it's just good to see him and Vic Vic's played very well as as well he, it's just good to see those guys be successful um, because they were just destroyed all summer saying that the Thunder gave, yeah. up, gave up absolutely nothing to get Paul George. Well, that's not the truth. Like they gave up like B to B minus assets, um, for like an A plus asset. And that's not what you want back. Um, if you're Indiana and if you're a fan base or if you know, even if you're an analyst, that's not what you want to see happen. Uh, but the truth is that they got two guys that can be potential, you know, average starters in the NBA, and those guys aren't easy to find. So it's nice to have that next to Miles Turner. Now, do they have a high ceiling? No, they don't. Should they probably try to be really bad and try to get a lottery pick? Yeah, but um, I think that they're going to be fine, and I I think that it's it's good to see those two play well. Yeah, I sometimes I wonder uh, who between Sabonis and Markkanen will be the best player in five years. Hmm. I don't know the answer yet. And the same goes with Oladipo and and Levine. So if you think that Minnesota got one year, one extra year from Butler, I, again, I I wasn't sure at the time, I'm not sure now uh, that uh, OKC had this fleece, as as everyone says. Um, Having guys under control for like Thomas for probably seven plus years it's not a small thing to to have so Thomas can be like a reliable uh, starters in the league and like on seven years if if for like everything everything goes badly and George leaves next year is one good year uh, and on the other hand you have maybe seven years so I 
I'm skeptical uh, about the fact that that was a um, it, it was a no-brainer. Don't get me wrong for OKC because you have to try uh, everything to keep oh, Russ. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, I am not really sure that uh, Indiana got like nothing, as they said. And in in a couple of years, probably this trade will will have like a different look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree too, and and a lot of it hinges on what happens with Paul George. Like if Paul George exactly reups, then like there's yeah, no sure. question that OKC won that trade. Um, but you're right. But you're right about like between them and Chicago, and I think that some people would just say that they both got a bad deal. Um, yeah, but but, it's, but Domas. I think that he's going to be a productive player. I think that some of yeah. some people have just completely written him off as like, oh, he can only be this. Like, he can only be like a fourth big. He can only be a third big. And he's never going to do this. And he's not going to be that. And it's like, okay. Like, the dude played a completely different game than he ever has in his career last year. And did he look really bad toward the end of the season? Yeah, he did. But you know what? That's a lot of rookies are not very good. I mean, that's just exactly. that's just the truth of the matter. And to write somebody off after their rookie year, um, I think is just pretty silly. Yeah, where he was actually a plus defensively, uh, which is yeah. the hardest things uh, thing to do for a rookie. And to close out, like to close the um, uh, Domas chapter, uh, I think that for Indiana, really, that was one year of George. So they, they, for them, having like one or more year of George in OKC really doesn't matter. For them, they trade one year. And so, from the of course, from OKC point of view, uh, this will change whether. Um, uh, George resign or not, but from Indiana point of view, they, I think that this deal will look better because, uh, again, one year uh, instead of seven of Domas and four of Oladipo. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Indy needed to get something for Paul George, and you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of good on Paul George for letting them go get somebody. I mean, he could have just said, you know, let me just finish out my contract, and so I can go wherever I want to go. Um, but I think it was good on Paul George and he would have never created this kind of opportunity for himself to win, um, that he has this season had he not asked for that and Indy wouldn't have anything for him, uh, which, which is not a good situation to be in. Uh, let's talk. So do you think that, what what do you expect from the Thunder against Minnesota when they play them again, um, here on Friday in Minnesota? Do you, what do you expect? You know more of the same. Still trying to figure things out. You know what 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 can they do that worked last night um, that they can use on Friday? Well, uh, for star- like as a starter, I think that the the, the best could be to um, to to be aggressive from the first quarter because uh, one thing one thing that uh, it, it was common in all three uh, of the game played by by OKC was uh, starting very slow. So uh, also against New York, they had like a couple of minutes of good basketball, but then they reversed to a, to like um, um, a low energy, uh, sloppy basketball until like uh, probably the last few minutes of the second quarter mm-hmm. when uh, like New York was up uh, by a couple of points, I guess. So the slow start, I think, is an issue against good teams. So I hope they they go right, right, right after um, outside the gate with a, uh, with a good uh, intensity with good pace um, and then I, I really hope that um, that Russ tries from the beginning to put um, maybe to use Robertson as a screener so that, that he can play one-on-one against Teague because mm-hmm. another thing that uh, we didn't probably discuss uh, was that Teague was guarding Robertson so if you make Robertson screen for you then you're guarded by their worst defender on the team, yeah. so and they probably never did that, or in maybe in some spots that I cannot recall right now. So try to exploit Teague, could Teague and Towns because uh, right after uh, right after Teague, Towns is your basically anchor. So if you if you if you can exploit Teague, then you have to deal just with Towns, which as we said is not uh, at his best defensively right now. So I would really try to to do at least those things to start the game so that the game can be immediately on, on like in, in the right direction and then play together play with uh, less isolation and probably uh, use Melo uh, ISO just in the second unit so that he can 
can take this shot uh, then and and be more um, FIBA Melo uh, in the with starting unit. Yeah, I think just overall there needs to be more player movement. Like there's just yeah. way too much standing around, uh, and I think that that worked in the past. That worked, you know, with Durant and Westbrook, and but it's I don't know that it's going to work with this group. Like it's just so far it it hasn't. Uh, there needs to be more player movement. There needs to be more screening. There needs to be just more getting everybody involved on the offensive end. Even if you're not the one scoring or shooting the ball, like you need, they need to be involved in the offense. Uh, just because they're not helping each other, they're not making it. They're not making the game easier for each other at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when Paul George's shot starts to fall, I think that will help a lot of things. Um, and maybe if Robertson will start being involved in some way, I think that will help some things too. Or maybe Robertson just plays less, like play him, yeah. play him that 14 minutes that he did, 13 minutes against Utah. If he's not being effective, let Abrinas play. They even played Houston at the two last night. Like try that. Ferguson should probably be back after a few days. It didn't look like he was hurt bad at all. You know, let him at least get a chance to come in and play and see if he can shoot the ball. Um, because when you don't have to guard somebody, and also that same player is not playing great defense, uh, yeah. they are not an NBA player, and they are not you know they don't belong on the floor. I'm not saying Robertson's not an NBA player, but I'm just saying that uh, if he's playing like that, he doesn't have a place in the league. Um, yeah, and I don't think he'll be ah, this for terrible. sure. I don't think he'll be this terrible all season. I expect his defense to to be back where it was and then he is he absolutely belongs on the floor um even if he's not shooting the ball well his defense you know last season was you know was the reason that they were a top 10 defense like they don't even sniff it uh without him oh yeah Um, and so i'm i'm hopeful that he'll get back to where he was i don't know how long that will take i don't really know what that will take uh but i think that him in particular, he he's got a, some stuff to figure out. He looked really, I don't know. Lost. He looked really sh- lost on the court. But the, after the game, he looked really kind of shaken up. It was really, yeah. it was odd. It was an odd, odd night for for him. Um, let's move on to Chicago. Uh, the Chicago Bulls uh, and the Phoenix Suns are battling for the worst team in the NBA. Uh, yeah. They're they're real bad, man. Uh, there's not a lot to scout. The the guys that have led them in minutes played so far are Justin Holiday and uh, Larry Markkinen, uh, which tells you a lot. Robin Lopez plays a lot too. Jerry and Grant's been starting at the one. Uh, they've lost both games that they played. They're going to be really terrible. The Thunder should just dismantle them, even if they ISO Carmelo Anthony sixty times. Exactly. Um, they on Saturday night they uh, they should still win. So, <laughs> any, any thoughts on this Chicago team? Oh, no, I'm I'm just interested to see uh, Laurie played meaningful basketball because yeah. uh, um, I I saw him in Eurobasket this summer yeah. uh, where my country was playing and um, it was actually good. Um, so I I wonder if this Chicago team, as bad as it is, could be uh, at least helpful to him uh, because he can take as many shots as he wants, probably. Mm-hmm. And and also, I'm glad to see Queen Sapon Dexter on a basketball floor again. Yes, because the guy was so so unlucky. If you like, uh, if you, the listeners don't know the story, uh, it's it's really <laughs> a weird story. And so I, I really hope for the best for him and seeing him playing uh will will be at least uh, a good thing yeah yeah i agree i always like quincy pond dexter he's he's a fun oh, yeah. 3 and d player uh but he almost died and yeah, it's exactly it's awful go google quincy pond dexter read his story if you're interested because it is is odd it is really kind of scary um but really the only maybe average to above average NBA player on this team is Robin Lopez. Do you disagree with that? Um, no, uh, not at all. I mean, he's their best player right now. Uh, probably not the the best player for like in two years, but um, yeah. yeah, he's, he's a solid player again um, it is not helpful to them because he will not change uh, your win losses 
but probably is is better for their season in a vacuum because they will be so bad that they can uh, they can have like a, for the last year uh, a very good chance to take um, uh, a good pick. So yeah. it will be fun uh, the battle with him and Adams. I think that Adams match up really well with him, uh, and so. We, we will see another, uh, probably I hope to see, um, well, I hope to see uh, a good performance on, from Steven on both sides because he, he can really shut him down. Uh, and so let's see if that happens. Yeah, and they're thin at the big positions because uh, Bobby Portis punched Nikola Mirotic in the face. I'm sure if you're listening to this pod, you love the NBA enough to know about oh, that man. happening. Um, it's just a bad, it's just a really a mess of a franchise at this point the, the trade the jimmy butler trade didn't net them a, a huge gain and they ended up swapping picks and then you have this to deal with was, your your two power forwards and you know you have chris dunn and like what, what are they gonna do with him he already broke his finger and you know they have all these point guards that they don't really know what to do with. They just brought in Kay Felder, who is a super tiny point guard uh, from Cleveland, who ended up being waived by Atlanta. Um, it's nice to see them give him a chance, but it's just it's just odd that they they're just trying all these different point guards. Whenever you know, Lauren Markin is he's a I think he's a fun player. I think that he's probably a guy that's also. Um, you know been crapped on all summer because of the trade and because of being selected where he was but you have to just like wonder like dennis smith was still on the board (laughs) oh yeah i think dennis smith is gonna haunt several franchises including the chicago bulls yeah but uh they had so many good point guard already that (laughs) (laughs) it didn't make that much sense to no i mean they 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 trade no i uh, um i was kidding Uh, but um uh, but they it makes like tiny little sense that they want to try uh, done. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, probably you, you, you take Smith anyway, and then you, and then you make it work. Uh, yeah. Because with good talent, you, you always uh, can make it work. If Arden and, and, and Paul can play together, if uh, uh, whatever, try to, to take like two players, uh, two good uh, ball handlers. Um, yeah. And, and, and also, I mean, Smith is, is a good shooter, so he, he, at least he projects to be a good shooter. So if if you have that, it, it doesn't really matter which kind of position you play. So yeah, it was it was a weird weird summer for for the Chicago Bulls, and um, and hopefully it will it will be like a game where an old Thunder fan can relax and, and see uh, one of the one of those games where we will just see good basketball from OKC for twenty five minutes and full stop. Yeah, I mean, you're probably, as long as Ferguson is healthy, you're going to see a lot of Terrence Ferguson that night. You'll see a lot of Abrinas. You'll see a lot of Josh Eustace, um, just because there should be a lot of garbage time. Uh, yeah. Be be a little cause for concern if uh, there's not a lot of garbage time in this particular game. Um, but you might, might even see Nick Collison. Might even see Nick Collison oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. um, uh, all right. I think that we've covered it. Anything else that, that you'd like to get off your chest or share about the Thunder in their first three games? No, I think we we cover a lot of ground. So I, I really hope that this week uh, is uh, a tad better than, than last week uh, and uh, to see like some at least more flashes of what we saw uh, in the second half with New York and the last five minutes of the game against Minnesota because that was really fun to see. Yeah. Uh, Thunder fans, like, don't be too discouraged by this start. Like, this is expected. This was supposed to, this was not supposed to be easy for this team to gel like this. Go look at any, any team that brings in three stars together. Look at that Miami Heat team. I think they started like nine and eight, um, in their first season like this isn't this isn't easy to just bring these three guys together and have them mesh and then just play well immediately uh i know that it, like in your head or on paper that this team was supposed to just be fantastic and i'm here to tell you they, they're going to be very good like they're still going to be very good there's a lot of things to be encouraged by mostly the fact that they're still they're trying really hard to make it work and just the attitudes and what they're saying after games 
Is it like they really want this to work and they want it to work in the right way? Uh, is it going to look clunky for a little while? Yes. Uh, do I think they're going to figure it out? Yes. And I think Billy D is going to figure out his rotations. Uh, a lot of weird rotations for Billy last night, but that's kind of yep. par, par, par for the course with, <laughs> with Billy Donovan. Um, but he's trying to figure out what works. He's trying to get a little sample on pretty much any sort of look that this team could have, um, yep. which I think is valuable in the end. Uh, it could make for some frustrating games, and they may lose games because of it. But if you'll remember that last season with Durant and Ibaka, that they, the whole season, they were just trying stuff all season, and nothing was consistent. And you just felt kind of frustrated coming into the playoffs. But once they got to the playoffs, they knew exactly what to do because they mm-hmm. had seen everything. Um, and the number one thing that you should be encouraged by is that Kyle Singler has not touched the floor one time, and and they're not trying. Oh, yeah. they're, not, they're not trying him again. The experiment is over. Josh Hustis actually gets to play basketball, um, which I think is good because I think that they've got a they've got a guy. He's a guy. I think Terrence Ferguson is a guy. They got some guys on their bench that are wings, which I think is really valuable for this team. Um, so don't be discouraged. I think this team is going to be very good, uh, but it's going to take some time to gel. Uh, you can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow his project chart side at chart underscore side on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at down to dunk. Uh, continue to leave us five-star iTunes reviews. We really appreciate those. If you listen to us week in, week out, and you haven't left us a five-star iTunes review, just go to iTunes um, and click five stars, or you can even leave a nice little message for us. We'd appreciate that. Uh, the Thunder play again Wednesday, so a couple days off for them. They need they need some rest. They need some practice time. So good thing for the Thunder. We will talk to you guys on Wednesday, and hope you guys have a great Monday. Yeah.